Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Today, we're kicking off with our first training interview of 2019. We're speaking to Jilly Thompson, who is a training business owner based in the UK. As you will hear, Jilly has two training business brands. The first is Thompson Training and Development, which focuses on sales, telesales, and management training. But she recently launched a website selling her own digital training products focused on sales training. And the website is www.thesalestrainingacademy.com. Fantastic name. Jilly is a lovely, open, and warm person, both in person, face-to-face, as well as in an interview. And you're really going to enjoy this. This is episode 23 of the podcast. Let's get down to training business. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Welcome. This is the show for training business owners all around the world. People just like you, people just like me. The goal of the show, and I say this every week, is to help you to learn more, to earn more, and to grow your training business. So today I'm delighted to bring you an interview with someone who actually owns a training business. This, as I said, is the first interview with a training business owner in 2019. And today's guest is Jilly Thompson from the UK. I first met Jilly when interviewing as an associate to work with the same training business company in London a number of years ago. Jilly, hi. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Mark. So you're running a sales training business. Tell me all about your brand, the name of the business, where you're based and what you do. Okay, gosh, lots of questions. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we train people not to do in sales, Mark. That's true. (laughs) One question at a time. (laughs) Exactly. No multiple questions. Okay. Okay. So the name of the business is Thompson Training and Development, which is actually my surname. So that's pretty straightforward. Um, We're based up in Wilmslow, which is in Cheshire. It's actually just on the outskirts of Manchester. And that's in the UK for for people who aren't uh, in the UK. It is. That's here in the in the sunny UK. But actually, our reach actually is international. So, you know, we do have clients in other countries. And in fact, um, only about four months ago, we were over in Czechoslovakia um, in the Czech Republic, where we were delivering um, some training sessions with the British Chamber of Commerce in Prague. So we oh, do, very we nice. Do, yeah, we do get around a bit. So, um, yeah, we're, we're based up here, uh, just outside Manchester in the north of the UK. And in terms of the business, um, let's define Thompson training. Um, what is the the modus operandi or the, the niche, if you will? Yeah, no, okay. For us, it's all about empowerment. So, you know, all training companies say that they empower people. Of course they do. However, once the trainer has actually left the training room, you know, how empowered are those individuals? And I think that's probably where our real niche is, is that we do really empower people to deliver exceptional results. Um, By that, what I mean is our training is very output focused. So we are a great believer in playbooks and putting playbooks together for all our training, be that in sales training, uh, be that in leadership and management training, 
or indeed from a business coaching session, we will always have outputs that can literally be used the very next day. And therefore, individuals are empowered to continue the work that they start in the training room. But you, your angle is also sales, right? I mean, you, you are essentially a sales trainer. That That's your sweet spot. It is. Do you know what? It's it's so interesting, Mark, because, again, it, it's amazing what I get asked to train, actually. Um, I had um, an email today from somebody asking me to do some LinkedIn training, for example, purely based on the fact that they've seen, you know, how proactive we are on LinkedIn. And I guess, I guess I get asked to do a lot of things but ultimately my personal sweet spot is definitely sales training and and that's my background and I love everything there is to love about sales and selling and also sales enablement. And how did you personally become involved in training? What's your story? Okay okay. so um, I had quite an interesting sales career working predominantly in women's health Uh, which actually started in sexual health, working for a very well-known brand, uh, which is Durex Condoms. So I was a salesperson. I was a business development manager. And then I moved from that into key account directing, where I looked after a number of um, primary care trusts here in the UK, um, looking at contraception, hormonal replacement therapy, looking at women's health. Um, And from that role... Part of that role is very much one of knowledge exchange um, and being a thought leader. So I ended up doing a lot of presentations, was asked to speak at a lot of events and ended up doing a lot of training with healthcare professionals, consultants, as well as ultimately doing a lot of actual sales training for the people that I worked with. Uh, So that's how it started. Um, And then I discovered by fluke that one of the UK's largest sales training companies was actually on my doorstep in the town where I live here in Wilmslow. And at the time, I was kind of offered a voluntary redundancy package. And I thought, well, this is too good to be true if I can kind of, you know, take the money and run, but also line up a position in a sales training role, then that will be great. And that was about seven years ago now. And um, I kind of put put my money where my mouth is and actually cold called the sales training company and got an interview off the back of that, having not actually done any training before. Um, so that, that was how it all started, really. And I was very, very lucky to be taken through a fairly rigorous, you know, sales training program, a train the trainer program, if you like, uh, with that company that enabled me to, you know, do all of the kind of basic skill that's required in terms of training, and then to put that with my sales skill, which is has proved to be really a winning combination. So effectively, you became an associate or um, external resource for that training company. I was actually employed. So oh, wow. I was an okay. employed trainer. Yeah, absolutely. So I was an employed trainer. So I had 11 months there where I was able to, you know, sharpen this or uh, go through all the train the trainer programs and really fine tune my training skills um, you know, as well as my sales skills. And w- did you learn anything specific along the way apart from training? Did you learn how uh, the training business works so that um, whilst you were training in that organization, you were perhaps getting some insights as to how you could eventually then run your own training business? 
Absolutely. And as a career path, I would recommend that to anybody. So the things I guess that that I really learned during that experience were uh, a couple of fundamental things, really, which is, you know, how to design a good programme and what that needs to look like. And, and, you know, the exercises and the empowerment of learning rather than teaching. And I think that was key and is, has been key to my training going forward. Secondly, how the industry works. So I was working alongside both employed and associate trainers. So I've got a really good understanding of that business model and how that works. And actually what good looks like, because, you know, there's a lot of trainers in the UK and there's a lot of good trainers and there are some exceptional trainers in sales, uh, but they are few and far between. There's a lot of good trainers, but not necessarily a lot of exceptionally good sales trainers. Um, and that was great in terms of a learning curve as well. And then I think the other thing that I learned was the commercial side of training um, as an industry. And the shock that I had, um, I had some amazing clients there. I had people like American Express, for example, uh, Ray-Ban, Oakley, VMware, Warner Brothers, to name but a few. So I learned very quickly that the day rate that companies like that are prepared to pay for an exceptional trainer, you know, can stand you in very good stead. You know, um, obviously, uh, it is a lucrative profession if you are exceptional. And, and do you work only with uh, direct clients right now or do you occasionally work as an associate trainer with other training companies? So um, my first year, I was so lucky I didn't do anything other than direct work. And then the second year, I did a tiny bit of associate work just because I had time. And now I'm very lucky. I'm just very fortunate that actually all my clients are now direct. So I haven't done any associate work now, actually, for a couple of years. Uh, that isn't, isn't to say I wouldn't. But obviously, it kind of comes to a point when you're running your own training business that your reputation becomes one that, you know, you know what you can charge as a day rate. And realistically, you know, as an associate, you're just not going to be able to earn that same kind of money, really. Okay. So at the moment, um, in terms of generating business, what is the most effective way you have to market your business to new clients? These are people you've never talked to before, before you lift the phone. How do you actually go about uh, getting those people into your business as clients? Okay, so um, we have a number of different things that we do. And I'm, again, blessed that I have an amazing sales and marketing uh, lady that works with me, who actually I trained, actually. So that's somebody I trained about five years ago. So it must work. <laughs> and she, it works. Yeah, it works. Exactly. She became an exceptional salesperson um, and really good at business to business, you know, B2B marketing. So I poached her. And she and I now work very closely together. She does all my sales and marketing, although I still do a lot of the calling myself. So we have a number of routes to market. I would say our main route to market is LinkedIn. Really? Where, yeah, where we're very active. And um, I mean, I can share this story with you. I actually got cold called by the commercial director of a very large UK company last week off the back of a video that I put on LinkedIn, which he had loved. And then invited me to uh, go in and meet with him to talk about training their entire sales team. So, you know, that is that can be the power of LinkedIn if you provide value, you know, really good content. And it has to be relevant. You know, it has to have relevancy and value. And I think that's what we're really good at. Um, we also have um, an email database. 
of obviously clients that we've worked with, but also individual people that we've trained. And they are very loyal to us. Uh, and we also do work on, as you would expect, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the usual digital marketing channels. Um, and we've started to do more and more what I would call marketing automation in this last 12 months, which interestingly, I think is probably the way that the sales, the whole sales role is going to go, because my background is actually marketing. That was what my degree was in. And that was my my early career. And I feel that a lot of the training I do now, I'm actually asked to do both. So I'm actually asked to now deliver um, uh, sort of business development work. So I'm asked mm. to deliver programs around generating new leads, using marketing platforms to generate new business. And then obviously the sales skill that goes with that is 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 alongside that. So I think that's probably what we do very well is we're very good at reaching out. And most of our business comes from word of mouth. Right, referrals. And do you actually request those or do they kind of come organically, naturally, unsolicited? They come organically, and when they come, we then work with those individuals quite closely um, who may then recommend us into other clients. We don't really do that on a commercial basis. That is purely done on a referral basis. And um, a really good example of that is a very large uh, P2P lending company who I trained probably going back five years, who very recently introduced me into a really exciting cybersecurity platform uh, in London. I'm doing all their sales training now. So, you know, that that word of mouth, that credibility that comes from that referral is, is you know, is, is amazing. We're very, very fortunate to have that. Can I ask you something? Um personal where where do you find the confidence within yourself to you know lift the phone and put yourself out there and you know take a risk and, and you know talk to someone because whenever anyone does this myself included there's always sometimes well there's always the, the voice in the head somewhere i should say you know am i the right person do i have you know have, the, have i the right to help this organization yeah i think that's a great question mark you need to come on one of my telesales for the terrified courses um (laughs) because um you know we're, we're all human and we all you know we all share those same fears of kind of maybe a bit of imposter syndrome stroke a bit of fear I think the results that we see and the transformation that we see in the in the individuals that we train is probably what gives us that confidence um you know I've worked in sales for 30 years um so you know I'm in my early 50s I'm probably towards the end of my career now and it wasn't always like that you know Mark when I first started out in my early 20s I was petrified of my brick-like mobile phone you know um and I was scared to death of sales so I've 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 learned by working with brilliant professionals uh learning from them practicing a lot uh, not being afraid to make those mistakes. And I now have a formula in place and a structure in place that really does deliver confidence. It's all about understanding what your most likely objections are going to be and knowing how to handle them, particularly in the early part of a call. And as you say, having the confidence that, do you know what? Actually, our training does deliver. It delivers real, real returns be that number of appointments made actual sales made number of calls made but you know we know that we can deliver how how much of your business is coming from 
um, contact via LinkedIn, people who see your content, find your profile, and then lift the phone and engage or even email you? How, how much of your business is LinkedIn responsible for? Do you know what, Mark? I would say about half. And, and do you think there's anything you're doing which is attributable to that uh, source of business generation? Uh, is it video specifically or blogging or is it just your profile? What, what, what do you think is the ingredient there? And I think probably you're right. It's a mixture of ingredients that kind of make the perfect cake, don't they, if you like. It has to be a mixture of ingredients. So we certainly do a lot of video, but our video delivers actual content that will actually show people, here's how I would handle an objection. Here's how I would get through a gatekeeper screen. Here's a great question to ask on a call. Uh, so we, we offer that free value, and that's for anybody to see. We also use, you know, we, we don't take ourselves too seriously either. So, you know, we, we do have loads of fun. You know, we do things like speed dating exercises when we're training. We take people out of their comfort zones, but they feel comfortable. And I think our brand and the essence of our brand is represented really well on LinkedIn with that because we don't take ourselves too seriously. And that seems to be really attractive, particularly for, you know, larger sales organizations that want training, but it has to stick. It has to have stickability. And, and I think they... They can resonate with that when, when they look at us. And also we have a blog, which I'm really proud of, um, that obviously I write and it, it's it's very much me. I think, you know, it's all about me and, and perhaps my career and where I've come from and, and where I want to go probably as well. If, if I said to you, um, what is the one thing you love about training personally, what would that be? Okay, it's got to be, it's quite easy, that one probably. It's got to be just imparting the knowledge and actually seeing the people in front of me become more confident, seeing them become more confident and watching them being able to sell with ease. And that can be, that's transformational for individuals. And, you know, we'll see that even in a one day course, they'll start in the morning, petrified of perhaps picking up the phone or asking a question or filling in an account plan. And by the end of the day, you know, they could have even up to meeting or something like that and that that that's just amazing so so these programs aren't all uh one day or i'm just thinking out loud here do you have a kind of a multiple touch point program so it's not just shall we say sitting in the front classroom but it's something where they have to maybe watch some online training and you know do something and uh is it is it like a multiple stage training experience with you? Yeah, absolutely. Very much blended learning. I know blending learning is such a training thing to say, uh, but it is blended learning because it's a mixture of video. It's a mixture of online resources. So you'll have probably seen, Mark, that we've recently launched a new brand, which is called the Sales Training Academy. And that was my next question. <laughs> ah, well, perfect timing. So we have launched the Sales Training Academy so that we can reach more people because there's only so many people we can reach as we are at the moment. So in doing so, we can actually now put our bespoke courses on there. So, for example, I'm doing some training this Friday up in Edinburgh mm. and the course and its contents will be on the platform. So there's no workbooks involved, all the exercises, all the video, all the resources. There's lots of music on there, uh, all in one place on the, the the software, the platform that we're using. So it's really helping to transform, you know, lots of different touch points. It also means that when I leave the training room, 
they can still watch me because I'm still there online. And, and what made you made, make that jump from uh, Thompson Training, which obviously running in parallel to the sales training academy.com great name by the way what, what made you or, or feel confident to make that leap into focusing on one niche yeah um it i think you you kind of hit on it earlier really sales is my sweet spot um i also i mean i love the leadership and management piece but the leadership and management training space is is you know it's it's the busy space um and where I feel I have probably the best value is is definitely in terms of sales leadership and also the sales training that I do. So the reason we decided to take it online um, was twofold, really. One, it, it's partly my legacy. And Mark, you're far, far too young to even be worrying about this. But at my kind of age, you know, I am kind of thinking towards a legacy you know, in a few years time, I won't want to be traveling across the globe delivering sales training, you know, at my age, but I would like to leave a legacy and really impart my knowledge and the skills that I've learned over such an amazing career to as many people as I can. And the best way to do that is online. So what you're referring to are literally assets, online assets, things which, which make passive income for you. Exactly. And in doing so, uh, you know, obviously my objective is to create a passive income as I move more into retirement. You know, I guess I'm never going to retire, but, you know, it would be nice to kind of do one day a week or something like that. Whilst also knowing that, you know, I've got so many learners that are able to access our great assets. So, so the, the platform you have is something called Teachable, which to some people out there is probably something they've not heard before. And there is an increasing trend to use programs or rather platforms like Thinkific, uh, the new Kajabi and Teachable. I happen to be familiar with Teachable. What what made you decide to to put courses for sale on this platform, which is teachable.com? So the, the, the whole ethos was around legacy and obviously just access um, really, and obviously to create potentially a passive income. We'd, we'd looked at a number of different platforms, including Udemy. Uh, you'll be familiar with LinkedIn Learning, of course. Um, and we just felt that Teachable was the best fit. For us, it was the easiest piece of software to use. So it really is a case of, you know, click and drag, drag and drop um, into the platform. Um, it also allows you to do all of your billing uh, for you and it allows for email capture as well. So it kind of hit all of the things that, that we needed and it does all the billing. So as soon as somebody wants to buy a course, so this week a number of people have bought one of my courses, uh, all of the billing is done by Teachable. What is the feeling when you, when you see an email telling you someone's bought something online? Yeah, so we had, we've got some amazing content on the Sales Training Academy. We've got a free key account plan and everything that goes with that, including a guide. We've got a free, a feel, um, sorry, a free sales planning template. We've got how to handle gatekeepers. We've got the best elevator pitch. And those were all free. And obviously, like any marketing business, you want to create value so that people can see, you know, how good you are. And then we launched our paid courses actually only 10 days ago. So we had our very first sale only a week ago. Congratulations. And thank you. And there was a bit of a fist pump in the air. It, it has to be said. <laughs> It was a fist pump in the air and a bottle of Lanson champagne. <laughs> and how did you decide the prices for the courses which you have on the website? Yeah, again, it's a little bit like kind of, you know, going back in my career when you, you need to kind of commercially really understand 
what what's a good pricing point for you I guess we're still probably in trial and error with that a little bit however I was going to market the courses for considerably less than I have but that would have really undervalued what we're offering so I'm offering online the equivalent to a two-day course with me so if I was to consider what that might cost it would probably be you know for an individual around two thousand pounds for two days or something like that and actually right now you can get that course for about I think it's £340 or something like that. So, you know, we, we feel that that's really good value for money. Um, Teachable are very good at giving you guidance. So they'll call, they, they kind of divide courses into premium, uh, middle, and then kind of, you know, kind of your giveaway courses. So this is definitely for us right now, a premium course that, that, that we're offering. And they suggest a premium course should be charged at around $900 uh, US dollars or something like that. So we've gone a little bit under that just to see, you know, kind of what what we feel is appropriate. But we also offer a monthly subscription, which is another thing that Teachable allows you to do. So we have actually had two people sign up this week based on the monthly subscription. So they can dip in and out as much or as little as they want to, which again could work for many learners who might think, actually, I just need to kind of have this as a tool for the next three months. And then I might not need it anymore. So, so let's say the course is on Teachable. How do you actually get people to, to find out about this? How do you market that course? Because it does take um, a lot of time to put together a course, design it. How do you actually promote that course once it's on that platform? Again, we've used LinkedIn as our key platform. Mm-hmm. So we will invite people through LinkedIn. Perhaps we'll say, you know, we've got a great key account plan online. If you'd like a copy, let us know. And, you know, people do let us know that they want that because they know that we offer good value and then they'll sign up through that method. Um, also through Facebook and Instagram advertising. I mean, that's, that's quite a saturated marketplace for particularly business coaches and trainers. But it does work. Uh, it does work, at, at, you know, fairly low fees. Uh, and then the other thing we do is we do our email marketing um, and all of our training is is videoed um, and it, it's high spec video. So you know, it's good quality materials and, and good quality video content. And I think, again, that really differentiates us when we're promoting it on, on digital marketing platforms. And was that expensive to develop, to get you know, a videographer and, and have that done professionally? Probably not as expensive as, as you might think. Again, we contacted actually a number of local universities. We're very lucky here in Manchester. We've got the biggest student population in Europe and Manchester is also a real digital hub. So we have a lot of digital media companies here in Manchester. We're very lucky. And we were able to contact one of those through actually MMU, which is Manchester Metropolitan University. And we worked with them. So what might look like it's cost kind of 20 to 25,000 pounds actually cost us you know more in the region of two to three thousand pounds the the biggest investment was actually my time uh you know in terms of writing scripts creating video content getting all of that together the actual videoing and the post editing wasn't particularly expensive so there are ways of doing that as a training company that don't have to cost you those big bucks really how do you compete then with the presence i mean the very powerful presence of larger sales training companies like miller hyman uh, double digit uh, imparta and so on yeah exactly and there's a lot of those around you know and they've 
fantastic reputations. They do amazing sales enablement work. They create market research papers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So how do we compete? Um, I think we compete on the basis that there aren't a huge amount of exceptional sales trainers. And what I mean by that is that sales trainers generally may not have necessarily have actually performed a sales role themselves very successfully. Whereas myself, I've won lots of awards for sales um, myself, particularly at Jurex Condoms, you know, salesperson of the year in 2007, 2008, all of that sort of good stuff. So you're able to actually demonstrate the skill in front of a very large group of people. And in doing so, you, you, you have great credibility. And the stories, of course, that you can tell and the storytelling that goes with that creates masses of credibility. Um, and because we're small, I think we are able to add extra value by perhaps, for example, I don't charge for a discovery day. So if I'm designing a programme for a brand new client, even if that's in London, you know, as long as they've kind of agreed to go ahead with us on a contractual basis, I will spend a whole day with that sales team having a discovery day to understand their sales planning, their sales processes, their KPIs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I'm really getting under the skin of their sales operation so that I can absolutely bespoke a package. So I think it's it's the credibility, it's the ability to really bespoke what we're delivering and also, I think as well, the fact that now we've gone online, that, that has given us a different dimension to our training. So there's longevity as well. So I think I think we compete pretty well, actually. Um, it, it, that's never really been an issue for us at all. In terms of uh, training proposals, let's say you want to put together a proposal and go beyond just the normal um, you know, classroom experience. What is your advice for someone who wants to put together a multi-touch program? So there might be a bit of discovery. Um, as you've mentioned, there's something involved uh, involving being on site with the delegates in the room. How do you go beyond that so that you, you're really taking all the, the, the business that's available and not leaving money on the table? Yeah, it's, it, I think this is where, for me, I can really utilize my business coaching skills so it's just about asking good questions, you know, isn't it? But isn't it always, <laughs> you know, it's always about asking good questions. I'm inherently nosy as well. So I think that that's, you know, that you've got to be nosy to be good at sales. You know, it's a bit like being a private investigator. So, you know, understanding what's going on in the layers of a business. So understanding the different layers in a business, what the the individual subcultures might even be between an internal sales team versus a team of business development managers versus a team of field sales managers versus a team of key account managers. You know, they've all got little subcultures, different competencies, different skill levels. So really understanding what those individual people and teams need from you and then being able to demonstrate 
that level of value. But I've, you know, I've had such a varied sales career that I've done all those roles. So, you know, I've, I've done the roles that kind of started in telesales and moved up to business development and then to face-to-face selling. And then finally, you know, as a key account director, stroke customer relationship manager. So having that wealth of experience is invaluable. The other thing I'd advise other sales trainers is, you know, if you don't have that skill yourself, just don't be afraid to reach out to somebody else. And to give you an example of that, um, culture and the whole work around culture isn't something that I would feel able to deliver uh, in a way that would give best value for a client. I could do it, but I wouldn't be able to do it as well as somebody else. So very recently, I brought in a culture training company into one of my clients. So I'm still account managing the client but you know where I've needed to I've brought in that additional skill another area I would do that in for example is customer service which again isn't my forte that's not my sweet spot so I would have I'd be very happy you know to bring somebody else in to deliver a customer service program but whilst account managing the client relationship have you ever accounted um not resistance that's perhaps the wrong word but um shall we say uh, doubt where a client says, well, you know, are, are you, are you big enough to provide what we need for our company? Are you, are you too small a player? Yeah, I have had that. I have had that. And I'm very lucky that I have a team of associates that, that have worked with me in the past. So last year, for example, I had four associates that worked with me. So if a project is is very big, then I have got that resource at my disposal that I can use and pull those people together. Where, where that is always challenging is that your client wants you, ultimately. They want you because of your individual style. Um, and probably for me, that's, that's okay uh, most of the time. Um, last year, I introduced my associates into a number of my clients. Sometimes that worked, being honest, and sometimes it didn't. So, you know, it's it's picking your associate carefully that will also match the needs of the individual clients. Are you concerned about protecting those relationships, particularly when, you know, someone wants you in person, but you, for logistical reasons or scheduling reasons, can't be there, but you have to trust someone to represent your brand on front of that valued client? I find that hugely challenging. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I find that hugely challenging. Um, And that's where the associate model in in our industry, in the training industry, for some organizations can work really well. For me, when I'm the brand and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of my experience and credibility, that can be, it can be more challenging. And I think in many ways, that's why I took the decision to go down the online route as well, because what that means is that more people get me but without me physically having to be there. And I can deliver more value that way. Um, They're still getting, you know, all of the same materials. It's me that's still delivering them with all of the stories and the skill that goes with that, but without having to to devalue my offering. So that was kind of another reason to do it. I wonder if I can ask you a tricky question. Do do you ever have the feeling that um, your or online courses cannibalise the the market that you have for shall we say in-person training is there ever any fear in the back of your mind that if people buy your online product at a much lower rate that in some ways you are cannibalizing the revenue stream from in-person on-site training i think it's a great question um and actually it's one that i have 
really the opposite opinion of. For me, it's just another lead magnet for me because it's a very low price point. People get to, to touch it, feel it a bit, and then are probably going to say, actually, do you know what? Let's get this individual in because this is where the value, you know, this person can really add value. So I probably look at that in, in the opposite way, really. Where, where will the Sales Training Academy uh, be in one year to two years' time? Now, you've alluded to the fact that you would like at some point to be in a position to retire, uh, to have a dependable income stream. Where would you like this to go next? And how are you going to ensure that uh, Sales Training Academy uh, or the Sales Training Academy.com? Fantastic name. I have to say that again. Really, really great name. How will you ensure that is doing what it needs to do for you in one to two, maybe five years' time? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's really early days. Uh, but we're so happy we have 200 active members who've signed up for both free courses and paid for courses. And we only launched in the middle of December. So we're, we're really happy with that. And the cost to us of recruiting those individuals has been has been very small, really. So if we continue at that pace, if I was to look at this time next year, we'd like to be in a position where we've got probably 1,500 um, people in our online community. If we get to that stage, what I'd like to do is probably have, you know, a dedicated area on Facebook where we can exchange stories, you know, uh, share best practice, have a bit of a, you know, perhaps a bit of a, a giggle and a joke. So perhaps even creating some sort of tribe, if you know what I mean, like a sales tribe in, in 12 months' time. Um, and over the next few years, what I'm going to do is also create uh, multiple, both uh, additional free resources, but also additional paid for courses as well. Um, all of which at the moment, Mark, I've got up my sleeve, but there's a plan. There is a plan to launch more and more online content. Uh, and in five years time, I, I would see that we'd have perhaps 5,000 to 10,000 people enrolled, of which there's probably between... 20 and 30 courses on there that's that's kind of where it, i would like it to be and uh, I'd, and i'd like to be on a nice beach by then okay you can you can send us a postcard is that okay with you yeah, yeah I'll, I'll come and visit yeah yeah <laughs> great sounds good well look um just wrapping up here um what advice would you give as a as a parting shot as a as a tip to anyone who is not quite perhaps emulating your your story but is at the early stages of their career in training and development and they want to you know get some experience which puts them in a position to eventually have a kind of a, a dependable revenue stream with their own direct clients i would absolutely um, advise anybody who is passionate about people and learning and you know empowering people to you know dive straight into a definitely into a training role but but to do that under the wings of a very experienced training organization where, you know, you have to have as a, as a as an exceptional trainer, you almost need to have, I call it like a cupboard, if you know what I mean, a kind of like a chest of drawers full of tools. And you have to be so familiar with those tools that at any moment in time, you can pull them out when you need them and deliver them in a training session. And really, I think until you've got that, that can take up to, you know, 12 months to two years to build that. And until you've got that, it's going to be really difficult to stand on your own two feet. So 
you know, work under the umbrella of a, of a really reputable training company, you know, embrace that experience, learn what you can, understand different styles, create your own style, um, you know, really understand the nuances of design and what works and what doesn't and create, you know, that, that cupboard or that chest of drawers full of your own tools, put your own stamp on them and then, you know, have the confidence to go forward uh, and know and have you know, confidence in your own ability to deliver. Wonderful advice. Chili, as a final uh, question then, how can people find you and get in touch with your business? Okay, so um, they can call me. So uh, my phone number is on LinkedIn, but feel free to give me a call. I'm on 07966939599. You can email us at Jilly at thompsontrainingltd.co.uk. Uh, you can email us at the Sales Training Academy, which is hello at thesalestrainingacademy.com and uh, probably just, just through LinkedIn where you'll find me as Jilly Thompson on LinkedIn. And we would absolutely love to hear from you. So I'll put all those links and URLs in the show notes. Jilly, it's been wonderful talking to you today. Thanks so much for your time for Uh, coming on the program and sharing your experience and tips with our listeners. Thank you. That's it for today. Thank you once again for your time. As always, to listen to the show, taking time out of your busy day is not something I take for granted. And I'm all the time really focused on how I can make the show more useful to you and more helpful both through the things that I share with you as well as the things which our guests share with you. So I'd love you to subscribe to the show, which you can do via iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Google Play and on the website. If you're a training business owner, I'd love to know what's keeping you up at night, the kinds of things you're struggling with, the kinds of things maybe which are working for you. And these are the kinds of things which I can address then in future episodes of the podcast and attracting the right guests to the show is really what I'm all about. So if there's content which you found useful, you'd love to hear more of that or perhaps things on your mind which have not yet been addressed. That's the kind of stuff I'd love to hear from you directly. You have my email address as before, and you can also contact me on LinkedIn. That's Mark Garrett Hayes, M-A-R-K-G-A-R-R-E-T-T-H-A-Y-E-S. That's linkedin.com forward slash Mark Garrett Hayes. Now, before I leave you today, we're nearing the end of Q1. So the question I'd love to leave you thinking about, reflecting on, is what are you doing to make your Q2 a success for your training business? What are you doing to make the fast approaching Q2 a success for your training business? And this is the subject of an episode coming up very soon. Some business ideas to boost your training business success in Q2, and of course, laying the groundwork for Q3 and Q4. Have a great week. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.